morning. It's Mel Tempest from the Women's Leaders Fitness Business Podcast. And this morning, I'm speaking to Jerry Ditwheeler. Jerry is an absolute expert when it comes to financing. So let me tell you a little bit about Jerry. Jerry is a business financing and credit expert with more than 20 years of experience guiding individuals through the confusing world of credit. And don't we all need help with that? She is the author or co-author of five different books, including her most recent, Finance Your Own Business. Get on the financing fast track. Today, Jerry serves as education director for NAV, an online platform that matches small business owners to their best financing options and gives free access to personal and business credit scores. Good morning, Jerry. Oh, good morning. Thanks for having me, Mel. You're very welcome. Now, you're based in the USA. And so. I am. The majority of our information today is going to be for all of those fitness business professionals in the US and, of course, for those that are thinking about starting up their own business. Now, before we go into some amazing questions so that we can educate our listeners today, can you just tell me a little bit about Jerry and how did you actually get into the finance industry? I completely fell into it. I was living and working in Washington, D.C. after college and fell into a job with a consumer advocacy organization. And uh, there at at the time, if you wanted to get your credit report in the U.S., you'd have to take time off work and go down and get a copy. And they were full of mistakes and all kinds of problems. I got to work on legislation that helped make credit more accessible to individuals. And then in the business space, um, I'm finding it's a lot like consumer credit was, you know, 20 years ago here, where a lot of business owners haven't seen their business credit, they don't know it exists, and they don't understand how they can leverage it to get better financing. So I'm having a lot of fun filling in that gap. So Jerry, can I just ask you, you just said then, you know, a lot of business owners don't even realize that they have that type of report. Why do you think that is? I think it's largely because there's no real requirements to disclose that information to the business owner. So at least in the U.S., if you get turned down for a credit card, they're going to send you a notice saying, you know, here's why you were turned down. Here's where we got your credit report. Here's how to get a free copy. We now have the right to get a free copy of our credit consumer credit reports every year. But business credit really isn't regulated. And while I am, well, what I'm talking about largely applies to the U.S. directly, because that's my area of expertise, I want to emphasize that all over the world, these business credit reports exist. So you have them in Australia. And if we have someone listening from England or from another part of the world, um, there's very likely a commercial or business credit reporting agency that's keeping tabs on how their business pays their bills. And that information could be used by companies they want to get financing from or even potential business partners. Listen, Jerick, what's the difference? Because I often get asked this question myself. What's the difference between business credit and personal credit? A lot of people think it's just the same thing. So how do we differentiate the difference between business and personal credit? 
That's a great question. So typically, a business credit report is only going to contain information about bills that the business is liable for. The personal credit report is only going to contain information that the personal individually is liable for. But there can be some overlap. For example, you get a small business credit card. In the U.S., at least, you're going to have to personally guarantee that. And some of the issuers will report all the activity to your personal credit and then report it to one or more commercial credit agencies. Other issuers may not report it on your personal credit unless you don't pay it back, but they will report it to business credit. So there is some overlap if you're using a a financial product that includes a personal guarantee from the owner. They may have the option of reporting that to personal as well as business credit. Okay, so here in Australia, like we have a a credit rating score and obviously we have it for business and personal. Um, Do you have that in the USA? Uh, um, Why is it important? Uh, And is it similar to personal and business or are they completely different? Yeah, we do have it in the U.S. and they're very, very different. So in the U.S. at least, FICO is our main supplier of credit scores and they um, generally run on a scale of 300 to 850, where 850 is the best you can get. On the business credit side, it's all over the map, but two of the popular scores down in Bradstreet, which has the Paydex score and Experian, which has the IntelliScore, they run from zero to 100 where 100 is the best score. So you can imagine the confusion if you're used to seeing a good credit score is, you know, 680 or 720 or whatever it may be, and then suddenly you get your business credit, you see it's 40. (laughs) You're like, how does this even compute? So the scales are often very, very different. And the other big difference that we experience here is that on the consumer side, um, it's very, very common that anytime you get a consumer loan, an auto loan, a home mortgage, a credit card, it reports to all three of the major consumer credit reporting bureaus. That's almost an automatic On the business side, it's not as common for business lenders to report to all of the major business credit bureaus. So you might get your report with one bureau and see, oh, hey, my score is pretty good. You get it with a different one, you see it's not that great. It's just because they aren't reporting the data. I mean, it sounds so confusing, really. I mean, I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, if I was starting a new business – finance just it just sounds too confusing for me do you think it's really important that those that are starting up a business go and speak to a financial advisor and somebody who is an expert in this area well at NAF we do want to make it very easy so at least if you're in the U.S. we are the first and only place where business owners can get their business credit from all three major business credit bureaus Dun and Bradstreet, Equifax and Experian and they can check that up on a monthly basis get it updated and it's completely free we don't even require a credit card for that so we are trying to bring transparency and make it easier for the business owner to understand that process but Mel I do want to touch on one thing you're alluding to, which is the financing angle of it. And that's the, that's the second goal in that. It's to make financing much easier. But I will say that many business owners, one of the biggest hurdles that they experience is they don't plan for financing. And so an opportunity comes up. Let's say you discover that the business next door is going to be moving and you could double your space for your gym. 
but you have to give the landlord an answer or whoever's selling that space an answer very quickly. You're probably going to be scrambling, and that means you may not have all your financials together, and you may end up getting some financing that's fast but high cost and not ideal. So one thing I'm really, really big on is helping business owners. And I think because that's your expertise is helping, you know, helping gym owners grow their business, right? And plan ahead. So that's, that's where I'm coming at from the financing side, which is start looking at this before you're at that point where you need that money right now, whether it's a crisis or opportunity. So then you can take advantage of the better offers that are out there. I mean, during the majority of club owners, um, sometimes they just don't foresee the future like what you're, you're talking about now where a space comes up and, you know, they're scrambling because they, they really want to take it and increase the size of their gym. And so at the last moment, they're sort of pulling at all straws and, you know, on the phone to the bank, seeing if they can get finance to go into to a larger space. But moving away just slightly from, you know, those established clubs, I mean, realistically, in the USA at the moment, boutique fitness is absolutely going off. There are just, you know, these small boutique fitness gyms opening up everywhere. And trainers that are coming into the industry, what they're doing is they're saying, wow, this is gaining momentum and I want to be a part of it. So they're jumping on board and they're opening up these boutique fitness clubs. Now, for those that are thinking about it, what are some of the most popular types of finance for newer gyms that are about to open? What would you, what would you suggest to them? Well, I would suggest, first of all, looking at the resources that are going to be available to you depending on your stage of business. So if you are new and you're a startup, a bank probably isn't going to give you a loan. Uh, It's nothing against you personally. It's just the, the risk level that they're prepared to take. However, there are some um, lenders, they're usually referred to as micro lenders, and their goal is to help help underserved entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs who might have trouble getting financing normally. Often they're affiliated with nonprofit or economic development organizations, and they're trying to bring jobs to their community, to be quite honest. And so these micro loans could be available for as much as, say, $50,000, which could be just all, all the business owner needs to get started. Started. But at least here in the U.S., you know, finding those loans um, can be a little bit tricky because there's not a central, you know, directory of every micro lender out there. And so you, this is another example where if you're doing some homework initially, that could be very valuable. And then I want to add one other suggestion, and that is when you're starting out with your business, uh, one of the smartest things you can do is get a business credit card in the name of your business. And that's because uh, many of those business credit cards don't show up on your personal credit. So if you do need to, let's say, buy some equipment and pay it off over the coming six months or a year and put it on a credit card, at least here, the way our credit scores work, if you were to max out a personal credit card, your credit score would drop. I mean, it would, it would not be a good impact from maxing out a credit card that appears on your personal credit. But if you chose a business credit card that didn't show up on your personal credit, then you could keep that activity separate, maintain your personal credit score, and then let's say six months down the road or a year down the road, you decide to go to a more traditional lender or maybe get what we call a SBA guaranteed loan, uh, guaranteed by our Small Business Administration, 
you'd be in a much better position because you haven't hurt your credit scores. So there are ways to strategically finance your business. I mean, do you recommend um, business credit cards for more established club owners? I absolutely recommend them because, again, they can help separate your business and personal credit. Many of those business credit cards do report to the commercial credit reports, so they help you build your business credit, and that means that you have other financing opportunities that are available that are based on business credit. And I don't know, Mel, you can tell me whether this is the case where you are in Australia, but a big part of financing here in the U.S. is what's called vendor or supplier credit. And that's where you're getting, you know, supplies for your gym. Maybe it's the cups that go in the, you know, machine for people to fill up water. Or it could be some kind of, some kind of recurring the, the towels and the, the uh, toilet paper and things like that. You can get those on what they call terms, which means you don't have to pay for them up front. So then you're paying them out of the cash flow of your business as opposed to up front. And a lot of suppliers and vendors are eager to offer this kind of credit because they want to be your supplier and they want to cement the relationship with you. I mean, Jerry, that's something that's quite common here in the Australian fitness business industry. The only problem um, I feel with doing terms, your 30, 60, 90, is that a lot of club owners can order up big on whatever it may be, whether it's from the small stuff in the club to the larger stuff, and then they find themselves at the 60 or 90 day mark, you know, struggling to pay those accounts. And what happens is, um, unfortunately, you know, that those terms then get extended to one day, 20 days and even longer, and that can be a negative, that can have a negative impact on their credit rating. Um, I'm a big believer personally in, you know, not having anything that's any longer than 30 days, and if possible, you know, just pay for it up, up front. Um, Jerry, can I just ask you, I mean, when a gym owner applies for financing, what are the major considerations you know, in the USA to give somebody that, that money? Because your industry over there, I mean, finance is big, the fitness industry is big. So I'm assuming right now that lenders are just lending, 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 you know, to the fitness industry over there for people to open up clubs and open up these boutiques. Yes, and, and it depends on uh, several factors. One big one is your time in business. So if you've been in business for two years or more, you have a lot more options available to you than someone who is just starting out. So one thing that can be helpful um, is to establish your business as a legal entity as soon as possible. In other words, don't just start by teaching classes and not having a a, a designated legal entity that you would, you know, you would incorporate in your state or another state. And then that can add to that time in business and um, making sure that you protect the name of your business right off the bat so that that's, you know, that's there. And that can establish the time in business, even if you don't have significant revenues. Then the second thing they look at is revenues and they can do that in different ways. They might want to see copies of tax returns if you've been in business for a few years or increasingly, uh, many online lenders are asking to uh, to connect to your bank account so they can read the revenues coming in and out of your business. And that could be the basis for some financing. But I'll give a quick warning on that too, Bill, before we leave that. And then uh, the third is your credit rating. So business credit rating, personal credit rating. Some lenders look at both. Some look at one or the other. So you want to make sure both are strong. But I do want to um, quick give a warning about a type of financing that's very, very popular and 
easy to get, and that's what we call here Merchant Cash Advances, which is based on uh, a gym that takes a lot of credit and debit cards. So if you're a gym where you process a lot of credit and debit card payments, maybe for a monthly membership, for example, then you'll be offered financing where they advance you uh, out of your past history. So they look at what you've done in the past, and then they advance you money based on that. But it's typically, it's a very easy type of financing to get, very fast type of financing to get, but often very expensive type of financing to get. And the cost is baked in right up front. So the minute that you say yes to that financing, you know, you're on the hook for the financing plus the fees, unlike, you know, a line of credit or a loan where you pay interest based on how much you've actually, you know, how much is outstanding uh, from month to month. So I do want to, again, reiterate the warning that, you know, if you're looking for fast and easy, you're probably going to pay more. So it is something you want to look at in advance. How busy is the finance industry in the U.S. when it comes to the fitness business industry? I don't know that I wish I knew the figures specifically on the fitness industry, but I can tell you that our small business financing industry is very, very, um, very, very uh busy right now and there are over 6,500 different companies trying to market financing to small business owners. So there's a lot of options and business owners are practically bombarded with offers for financing, whether it's through the mail or online or on social media. And again, some of those are going to be better for the business owner and some of them are just going to be quite honestly predatory and very expensive. So can I just ask you, why are there so many lenders? I mean, you know, 6,500 lenders, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's a big business. I mean, small business lending does tend to be higher cost overall when you compare it to consumer lending. And it doesn't require, in the U.S. at least, it doesn't require the same disclosures that personal lending does. They don't have to tell you an interest rate. They don't have to tell you an APR. A lot of times they will describe their cost as fees, but then it's you don't really understand how that compares to other financing offers based on an interest rate, which is what we usually use in the consumer world. So it's it can be very lucrative for some of these lenders, but it can also be a minefield for the small business owner. It certainly sounds like it. I have to ask you, Jerry, what are credit ghosts? Credit ghosts are people who just really don't have enough information on their credit report to create a credit score. And a surprising number of business owners are in this category. And if you have a business, a lender that is looking at the personal credit score of the owner and they can't judge that, they may reject the application or they may ask for more detailed information that could make it more difficult to get approved. Wow. So, Jerry, I have to ask you just a couple of questions before we head into the end of our podcast. Let's just assume that I'm uh, a new start business, boutique fitness. I want to open up in the, the USA. What's two pieces of advice that you would give me before I go to a lender to apply for that finance? I would absolutely make sure that you had a business bank account. About 20% of business owners don't. They're running it through their personal account. That's a huge mistake when it comes to getting financing. And then I would also recommend you begin to establish a business credit history so that there is a record of your business is officially being able to manage bills. And even if that's just a small amount, and I understand your caution there, Mel, even if it's just a small amount of vendor credit, 
something to show that you have a history of, of paying back your bills on time can be very valuable when you approach that other lender. So let's go to the other extreme. I've been in business for, let's say, uh, 10 or 20 years, really struggling because of all of these great new boutique fitness clubs opening up and really finding it hard to, to meet my debt. What would you suggest to that person? Well, if you have a lot of debt and you're struggling with debt, I think that's a little bit different conversation. If you have an opportunity to grow and you're looking for financing, then I would say for an older business, that would be a great time to look at something like, say, an SBA guaranteed loan, uh, where you might be able to, and the SBA stands for the Small Business Administration, which is a, a partner you know, funded through our, our government to help small business owners. And with that, you could actually buy a location and occupy half of it, 51%, and then you could rent out the other half. So you have some um, that rental income offsetting the cost of your uh, of your space, and that could provide some diversity to your business. And it can be that can be extremely affordable long term financing that could uh, lower your costs as well as bring you in an additional revenue stream. Jerry, you've given our listeners today some absolutely incredible uh, knowledge there to take on board. And as you heard me say earlier on, everybody, Jerry is a business financing and credit expert with more than 20 years of experience guiding individuals through the confusing world of credit. Jerry, I don't doubt that there'll be quite a few listeners that would love to catch up with you offline. Where is the best place for them to get a hold of you? Sure, we have a page, nav.com, nav.com slash podcast. And on that page, you can download our free uh, business credit building worksheet. That is absolutely free. We have a, a, also have a promo code podcast if you want to try out our paid uh, service. And then you're always welcome to reach out to me on social media. Uh, the, uh, since my name isn't spelled typically for Jerry, I'll, I'll give my webinars at nav.com as an email address that I respond to. So you're more than welcome to reach out with questions and happy to try to help. However, I will say our, 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 our services are limited, those in the U.S. at the moment. Absolutely. And Jerry, the books that you've co-authored, if I wanted to get a hold of those, where's the best place? Sure. Finance Your Own Business is on Amazon and, uh, and we'd be uh, happy, to, happy to help with that, with that information as well. So I'll be dropping all of Jerry's details into the bottom of our podcast. It's been an incredible 20 minutes shared with you. I've certainly learned a lot about finance and the U.S. market. Will you be at any expos in the U.S. in the next six months where people might possibly be able to catch up with you or is it best to catch up with you online? Uh, I'd say online, but at, when I do workshops, I share them on social media and I always love to meet small business owners. And, you know, if you've got a gym and, and you want to connect with me on social media, I'm happy to, uh, happy to help get the word out about what you do because I want to see you succeed. Thank you so much for your time today, Jerry. As I said, Jerry is based in the US and predominantly that's where they do their business, but she's got a lot of resources and tools. So do drop a line across to her, check out their Facebook page and their other online platforms. Jerry, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a great pleasure having you on the Women's Leaders Fitness Business Podcast. And as I said, I will drop Jerry's details into the bottom of our podcast today. Thank you. You're very welcome, Jerry. Today's podcast was proudly sponsored by FitRec Fitness Professionals. 
Evolt and also MyZone. Thank you.